everybody, Eric here with Smart Pot Fabric Planters, back with another episode of the Growing Revolution. Uh, today's guest is Eric Lada from Portland High Standards. Um, they're a, a great grow facility out in Oregon. Um, they've got uh, great products. They love Smart Pots, so we had to talk with them and find out, um, you know, what they're doing over there, how the state of the industry is and uh, just kind of go from there. So I wanted to welcome to the show, Eric, how you doing today? Doing great, doing great, thanks for having me on. Nice, yeah, and uh, thanks for being a SmartPot fan and, and supporter. So um, yeah, I'll just get right into you know my line of questions. Um, I guess, you know, before we get into, you know, what, what you're doing, uh, could you introduce yourself and just uh, you know maybe give us a little bit about your background before uh, Portland High Standards and and kind of uh, where you're coming from? Sure, sure. I uh, I grew my first plant in 1992. Um, I participate you know participated through the medical days in the uh, you know late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, we you know worked with a co-op here in Oregon with uh, Clifford Spencer where we helped cancer patients, people in residential care facilities, and basically anybody that can provide for themselves and that was terminal. Um, in the six years that I worked with that co-op, I lost, I mean, I think we as a whole, we lost about 54 patients that uh, came through our program. So it was really, you know, what the Oregon program was designed for. Um, when, legaliz when legalization hit, um, you know, we pivoted towards the recreational market. Um, and we're kind of just getting back to the back to our roots, and we're starting to support some of the patients again now that uh, you know there's some rules in place that we can do that. Um, nice. Let's see, I won the Oregon Goat Cup in 2015. Um, shortly after that, I was able to get my get a deal together for our first direct grow um, with with a couple partners. Um, that ended up kind of being a horror story. Um, you know, the guy ended up stealing from me, went through two years of, you know, trying to get him off of our license and uh, ended up with a couple new really great partners. Um, you know, my partner, Dimitri and Michael Simmons, um, my current partner, Dimitri, he's a retired Costco manager of 30 years and his brother is an attorney out of Texas and uh, could be more pleased to have him on the team. Yeah, you know, I guess when it, when you're an entrepreneur, having uh, good team members is crucial. They can be, you know, your biggest enemy uh, or or your best friend. So that that's cool that you ha you have a a good team uh, behind you now. Um, so uh, what what's your are you you're so you're one of the co-owners uh, of of the grow there. What's your day-to-day -day job responsibilities? What what are you doing? Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll do everything. I mean, you know, I clean bathrooms and wash floors. Um, you know, I, I, as a whole, though, I mean, I'm I'm kind of the visionary. I mean, up up until I I had a team. I mean, I literally was doing everything. You know, before Dimitri and his partner went on. I mean, I was the grower. I was the salesperson. You know, I I was uh, you know trying to fundraise um you know taxes um i mean i wore all the hats now that dimitri's here he's taking over the role of ceo and coo so you know in the mornings we get together with my production manager we walk the facility come up with the you know with the daily flow for the employees um you know and then working with you know new new aspects of the business 
um, and implementing current technology. Um, currently, it's you know we're putting the uh, Arroyo uh, system from the Meter Group um, and starting to data log you know as many data points as we can. You know, trying to come up with the perfect crop steering program. Nice, nice. Um, and how how long have you had that uh, monitoring system uh, in? And and are you noticing anything? You know that I guess you didn't notice before without the monitoring system. Yeah, it's been in for about a week now, so we have about a week's worth of data. And uh, I mean, I'd say it's too early to say that we're noticing anything. I mean the. We're, we're partnering with Philips Lighting on, on the next six rooms that we're opening here. Um, and so we have the, the new Philips TLC 520 lights in the facility. And, uh, and we're Is working. that an LED? Yeah, yeah. So the TLC 520, it's a 520-watt LED um, lighting system. And uh, we're working with uh, a team of guys from uh, uh, Philips Lighting that are helping us kind of decipher all the information. Um, it's it's going pretty well. Nice. I, I'm a big fan of LED lights. Uh, I mean, they've come definitely a long way from when they first came out. You know, uh, 15 years ago, uh, the yields were terrible, but now uh, LED it seems like the way to go. You know, you're saving saving energy, you're reducing heat. Um, the plants look like they're growing amazing. So that's uh, cool that you guys are testing out some new technology there uh, with Philips. The, uh, um, the, how many people are? The, the learning curve is real, though. Oh, okay. You know, it's uh, you know trying to dial it in and make things perfect. You know, our our, our our motto here at the facility is you know we're trying to produce quality cannabis throughout the facility. So we have a 19,400 square foot building and. Uh, you know, we've designed 22 grow rooms in the building. Each room is exactly the same size. They're 17 by 28, 475 square feet, you know, trying to optimize our, our growing space. But, uh, you know, nice. I mean, any, anything that you do, I mean, there's a pretty major growing curve. Yeah, yeah, but that makes sense to have, like, all of your rooms the same size, and you can just kind of have dialed-in consistency uh, uh, in, in your environment. So that, that makes sense to... Uh, not be all over the place on, on room sizes. Um, how, how many people are working underneath you there at Portland High Standards? We have eight full-time employees right now. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you said that facility is 19,000 square feet. How, how many uh, lights are, are in there, how are in that? Yeah, there's 27 lights per room uh, in the Hawthorne lighting plan rooms, and then about 20 lights per room, 20 to 30 lights per room, you know, between veg and flower for the Phillips lighting rooms. So, nice. you know, uh, it's about 14,000 to 16,000 watts per room. That's a lot of power. Nice. Uh, so, it's kind of back through your feed and I noticed that you've got your parents involved with like trimming uh, flowers and, and other stuff um, were they always so supportive of you and uh, you know especially when when you're growing cannabis you know not every parent is gonna be you know super supportive mine mine weren't initially uh, were your parents did they always have your back in the cannabis world I wouldn't say always. I mean, there was a time they thought I needed drug rehab, <laughs> you know, back in the 90s. Um, yeah. yeah, but I mean, they, they've come a long way with legalization. You know, I, 
I would say the big turning point was, is, you know, one time I, I took him out on deliveries with me uh, when I was working with uh, Clifford Spencer and the medical program. And they, you know, we really saw the people and how it was affecting them. And that was probably the big turning point for them. Um, when I started the uh, the grow here, my mom came on board as our, uh, you know, as a as our bookkeeper and helped put together all of our books and, uh, you know, kind of got the, our paperwork straightened out. You know, uh, she didn't she didn't want to see me go to jail. <laughs> so got to got to keep the books as clean as possible. Thanks, mom. Yeah. So, so have your parents uh, they uh, consumers at all of any of your flowers, or are they pretty straight edge? Well, I mean, what happened was is at some point, you know, the arthritis started kicking in, and uh, they started using some CBD creams and balms. And nice. then, and then a year or two later, that progressed into using uh, CBD THC balms and creams, and then, uh, and then, and then the gummies crept in. So you know, they, they they still go to church every weekend, and now she's taking gummies and creams and you know pushing them on all the other church ladies. It's quite cute. <laughs> you know, I I've always thought that like religion and cannabis aren't mutually exclusive. I mean. You know, if you believe that God put the plant on, on our planet, you know, he, he did it for a reason. So I, uh, I mean, we, that's we, that's cool that your mom is helping to, you know, expand the consumer base. Because really, there's so many people who could be benefiting from, you know, THC or CBD uh, compounds, you know, and, and they're currently using like big pharma products. So I, I, kudos I, to your mom. Agreed. And there's always, you know, Mo Moses in the burning bush. I mean. We know what kind of bush that was. <laughs> nice. I never thought of it that way, but uh, now, now, now I won't be able to forget it. <laughs> um, so, uh, what would you say? Uh, oh, uh, so you've posted a lot of pictures, you know, with smart pots uh, in the shots. What sizes are you currently using, and how long have you been using smart pot planters for? You know, we've been using smart pot planters pretty seriously for the last year and a half. Um, you know, we, we opened with some smart pots when we first opened. Um, you know, they we ended up trying some other brands out that were a little bit cheaper. Um, and they just they didn't seem to dry back correctly. They were getting mold on them, um, you know, dry backs and mold. I mean, those two things were bothering me. So. We switched back, and uh, you know, with your guys' uh, direct purchasing program, they're really not any more expensive than anybody else. They, they're actually cheaper than almost everybody else. Um, yeah, and they're 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 just the best pot. I mean, price aside, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's more about the drybacks than about the price. Yeah, at the end of the day, it, uh, you know, it's about performance. It's about how the plant does, and you know, if I had a nickel for every person that you know told me, oh, you know, we we went with the cheaper option for a run or two and didn't like what we saw, and then we switched back, I'd I'd have a bunch of nickels for sure. Uh, what uh, so I guess um, you know, besides kind of getting the 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 environment dialed in, have there been any challenges? Uh, for you with Portland High Standards, either with growing or regulations or, or other issues? I mean, yes to everything. I mean, I don't think anything's ever gone smoothly. 
I mean, every, every, you know, we, we, we've had a fight every step of the way. I mean, started out with uh, regulations. I mean, I was on the Clackamas County Marijuana Task Force that helped the county commissioners come up with all the information they needed so they could decide, you know, what the rules and regulations were going to be for cannabis here in Clackamas County. And that was a six-month process with uh, 22 people on the panel. It was 5-4 and 17 against, and we met every week. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a very fun process, just going through that from the beginning. Um, you know, and then, you know, we, uh, you know, originally we were using smart pots in the, you know, the 10-gallon size form when we were medical. And then as we transitioned into the new building, you know, we went to rolling benches, started at a two-gallon smart pot, and now we've worked our way down to the one-gallon um, so big, big Thanks. learning curve there as well. You know, I would say the, the, the biggest uh, thing this year, uh, you know, we discovered that, uh, you know, we have the hoplite and viroid inside of uh, our facility in our genetic library. And I was, uh, you know, we had brought a bunch of new genetics in, started growing, uh, contract growing for a larger company and brought the genetics in. And they ended up all being infected and I was cloning hydroponically and it didn't take very long, uh, you know, to go from 93 strains down to one strain uh, out of very rigorous testing that didn't have the hoplite and viroid. Wow. So um, for people who aren't familiar with that, like what is that doing to your plants? And like, how do you even notice that your plants have it? I've never dealt with it, so I'm curious. Sure, sure. You know, uh, there, there's some stunted growth. I mean, after you've seen it for a while, you'll see a plant and you're just like, oh, that thing is sick. And, you know, the, the, the biggest giveaway is uh, the, the horizontal branching when the branches just want to grow straight sideways and they don't want to grow up. Or, you know, or when a plant gets a very high viroid level, you'll get what's called dudding. And that's when the plant just it doesn't finish. It doesn't swell very well. And it just, you know, I, I would say it smells like hay, but it's not even hay. It's almost it's almost like a sour flavor inside of the flower. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So it's like going rotten or something. Yeah, kinda. I mean, it's more hayy than rotten, but uh, yeah. you know, I mean, if you were to extract it, I mean, it w it, it would taste horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, the the coronavirus. We're at a pandemic state, or or have been at a pandemic state with the coronavirus. The uh, hop latent viroid is at a uh, epidemic, so it's been going unchecked for the last twenty years, and. Uh, I mean, unless you're working with tissue culture, you know, I, I would say chances are you probably already have it in your facility. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, STDs are hard to get rid of when, once you get them. Uh, prevention is always the best medicine, I guess. And just growing from seed isn't good enough. If, if the mother plant has it when a seed is produced, there's about an eight to ten percent pass through in the seed form, so you know just oh, wow. just growing from seed form isn't going to be enough to get rid of it. I mean, you know, you would have to have SOPs in place. You're not cross contaminating and rigorous testing. I mean, you you can get clean stuff out a lot of clean stuff out of seed, but you know you would need SOPs in place not to cross contaminate. You know, you would need to isolate the the good ones and separate them out, and uh, you know, I mean, SOPs, SOPs, clean, clean. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's funny that you mention it because I've heard people compare, um, you know, growing cannabis to being like a glorified janitor, 
Like everything is about, you know, trying to keep your environment as clean as possible, keep your plants as clean as possible. And um, yeah, re really cleanliness is next to godliness when it comes to growing any, any plants, but especially cannabis, I would say. Agreed. Um, I, I, so I, use that I use that terminology all the time. I mean, I tell my staff that we're just glorified janitors. You know, we're not yeah. growing the plants. The plants are growing themselves. We try and provide the best environment so the plant can grow great but in the end i mean it's the environment we're just you know we're just cleaning up after it the uh the, yeah. the, the viroid i mean it uh, it will affect the, the the growth of the plant and i mean you know the 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 joke here is is that uh, you know the, the master growers um you know really they're dealing with the hot latent viroid and they're throwing calmag and whatever they can at it and uh, it, it's really the viroid they're dealing with, and they're throwing band-aids at it rather than actually addressing the problem. I'm sure. I'm sure a great majority of people that are dealing with that viroid probably just think they have a nutrient deficiency or you know some other issue that they could throw the kitchen sink at, and it'll never fix the problem. So, uh, you know, makes sense. The uh, um, if, if you're going organically, you might only see like a one to three percent in dudding. If you're crop steering and really pushing a plant hard, you know, I mean, we, I've, I've, I've had, had, had a bench 100% go dud. It's, uh, you know, wow. there's, there's, and there's a great range. It's, you know, if, if the plant's sick, it's going to affect terpene production and yield. It just depends how sick is it and how much is it going to be affected. Oh, man. Um, so I, I guess besides smart pots, you, you know, you said you were doing uh, crop steering. Um, you want to, you know, shout out any of the products that you're using uh, to grow your plants? Well, you know, we have a, a great relationship with Cutting Edge Solutions. Um, nice. You know, those guys are like family, John Picciarelli. Um, love that guy. Nice crew over there. Great crew. Uh, the guys at Phillips Lighting are uh, helping us a lot. Um, and, you know, we're using the Bio 365 soil. Nice. Nice. Pot. I like those so guys as well. You know, uh, we're using the H.E. Uh, Anderson injection system. Uh, that's That's been a blessing and totally revolutionized the way that we're, you know, watering plants and able to control the, the EC and the pH inside of the root zone. Nice. Uh, so you had mentioned that you've, uh, uh, you won the, the Dope Cup, I think. Was that 2015, you said? Uh, we won at 2015, 16, and 17. Oh, nice. Was that with uh, the same strain or, or different varieties? We won it uh, all, all three years with Obama Kush in the Indica category. Obama. Yep. Nice, nice. Um, kudos on that. Uh, what what other, uh, I'm assuming that's probably one of your more popular strains that you're growing. What other? Well, uh, I mean, uh, are... it, it, it was at the time, but, you know, and the, and yeah. the, rec, and the rec market, it's a numbers-driven market. And, uh, you know, Obama Kush generally tests from 17 to 21% on, on its best day. And, uh, you know, the, I, I, our very first harvest in the rec was, uh, like, you know, 30 pounds of Obama Kush. And uh, we, got, we got our first testing back from that. And, you know, the testing can sometimes go great and sometimes it goes horrible. And that round came back at 14% THC, and it was probably some of the nicest Obama fish that I've ever grown, and uh, I, I couldn't give it away. Really? 
it, so people are just so hung up on THC percentage that, you know, if it's not above 20, they don't even want to look at it. I mean, in, in this market, I mean, I would say it needs to be over 25 to, to, to really get onto the shelf. Um, otherwise, wow. otherwise, you're going to be discounting it to make the sale. You know, there, yeah. there, there, there are some there are some exceptions to that. I mean, if it's some of these new, really hot troopy strains that have a good Instagram following, or, or you know, if a, if a really hot farm does a really great job and they got a great partnership with a dispensary that can educate their customers and, you know, a good educated customer base. But uh, as, as a whole, it, it really is numbers driven. You know, I, I remember uh, coming from the medicinal days of California where you could go into a dispensary and, you know, you got huge jars and you can practically stick your face in there. And you get the look, you get the smell, and and to me, it's the smell and the, the terpenes that really do it for me. But now with recreational cannabis, everything is already pre-packaged and pre-sealed, so really, you know, you you can't even see the flower. You're just kind of looking at the THC percentage and you know numbers that are on the labels. So, you know, honestly, as a as a consumer myself, I I've been pretty disappointed overall with what recreational has, has done, you know, for me, that's great that, you know, people aren't going to jail for it, but um, I don't know. It just, the overall culture and the experience just, I don't know. I feel like I'm more at an Apple store than, uh, <laughs> than anything these days. If we could turn back time. Ser yeah, seriously. No, uh I told people Prop 64 was a trap in California. I didn't vote for it. Um, it was a bad law, and it's really played out that way. Uh, the California market is really struggling. Um, so I guess kind of getting into you know a good segue, how would you say the state of uh, the cannabis market is in Oregon? Is it stable? Is it still kind of fluctuating? How is it looking for you guys? You know, it hasn't been an awesome winter. I mean, we've we've been we've it hasn't been that bad for us. But I mean, there's there's a lot of guys going out of business. There's a lot of companies picking up and moving and and you know heading to greener pasture. Um, you know, I kind of feel like we hit you know we hit a down a down streak in September last year. And uh, you know, it's it's kind of I feel like it's at the bottom and 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 plateauing right now and getting ready to you know, be back on the uptick. For us, I mean, I don't have anything for my last harvest. I mean, we sell through every month. Um, you know, nice. so so it's it's been we're blessed that it's been not that bad for us. But I mean we've had to make some market adjustments and uh change change the way that we do things a little bit. But uh, you know, we're we're yeah. still we're still pressing forward. We're profitable, we're opening more rooms and uh look, looking forward to the years to come. You know, the the the, big, know, the, the biggest thing, though, is, is, I mean, I bought the property that we're on and, uh, you know, we're, we're not paying a lease. So it really helps nice. us keep, keep the cost of business lower um, just because just we own the property where we're at. Yeah, I mean, real estate is kind of the foundation of, of any business, you know, unless it's a home business. So getting your real estate figured out and at a favorable price point, uh, something you can manage, that's that's key for a successful business. And I'd say if you're selling through, you know, everything that you're producing, uh, you're doing pretty darn good over there. So, um, 
you know, nice work. So if you weren't growing, uh, what would you be doing right now? Like, you know, in, in another life, uh, what could you see yourself doing on a regular basis? Well, I mean, before this, I had a coffee shop for six years. And, uh, you know, before that, I was growing medically. And uh, I was pretty pretty happy. But, you know, it's it's always a fine line between boredom and happiness. And I think those two get confused easily. Um, you know, with some pressure from the parents, they thought I needed to do more. So I opened the coffee shop. You know, looking back upon reflection, I think I was happy. And I was pretty happy on the trajectory I was on. You know, that coffee shop was a lot of hard work and not super profitable. Um, you know, we ended up selling it and making some money off it. But uh, I don't know. What would I be doing? I don't know. I, uh, I started doing jujitsu about six months ago. I'd probably be doing a lot of jujitsu, even more than I'm doing now, if uh, if I wasn't at work every day, I guess. <laughs> oh, so 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 jujitsu that that's a recent thing for you. I from your pictures, I would have assumed you've been doing it for a long time. No, you know we had a my my son was getting bullied at school, and uh, you know I felt like the the best thing to do would be to get him into uh, an activity that uh, you know had some big kid laying on top of him every day, so he was just used to it, and so he could stick up for himself and not worry about ramifications of sticking up for yourself in life. And, uh, you know, those, those tools can, can help him through more than just that. So um, got both my kids in it. I started doing it with them at the same time. You know, I have some experience in some other martial arts uh, previous to that. And uh, then my wife just started with us a, a couple weeks ago as well. So it's turned into the family That's affair. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're combining exercise, self-defense, you know, uh, family, you know, activities uh, that sounds like a really cool uh thing um you know kind of as a segue there you've got younger kids do they know what you do for a living yeah you know there was a day back in rec when the kids were small that uh you know i mean i can remember i'm running around playing hide and seek under some plants <laughs> nice. you know i mean so i mean my my grow rooms i mean both, both both of my kids were, you know, I mean, they, they've known what I've done from day one. You know, both my kids were, uh, you know, in the grow room within within the first week, you know, on the way home from the hospital, I had to stop in and make sure everything was going okay. And, uh, you know, it was important for, for me to know that, you know, they, that they were brought, being brought up inside of the industry and not excluded from it. Um, you know, the day the cameras went up for OLCC was a very sad day for them. Is, you know, then they weren't allowed out in, in the shop or out in some certain zones. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a, a stigma that goes with that, that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't I, I don't smoke around them. I don't subject them to, you know, to, to, to any of that. But at the same right. time, I, you know, I don't I, I didn't ever want them to feel like they were excluded from from anything that's going on either. And so that's, you know. They're, they're just counting down the days to, uh, you know, when they're 21 years old and allowed to uh, <laughs> be back out helping dad again. Right, right, right. I, I know I waited until I was 21, and I hope my kids uh, do too. Um, but but that's cool that you're, you know, doing the work of kind of destigmatizing, you know, cannabis. Like really, you know, it's 
Uh, it, it's an intoxicant. It's a mind-altering substance, but you know, it's it's not dangerous. It's not uh, you know, it, it's a beneficial thing for the planet. And, and I think the more that we can get kids, you know, off of thinking like, you know, oh, you know, th this is something you know I should do to be a rebel, or you know, it's it's just it's just another tool in the tool belt that God gave us to you know get through the day and, and be happy and be healthy. Um, so you, you had mentioned uh, besides, you know, growing, you're doing like uh, jujitsu and stuff. Is there anything else that, that you do in your free time? Or, or are you pretty much gardening, uh, you I know, mean, like 10 hours a day? Wife, kids, eat, sleep, jujitsu. I don't think there's uh, much more, much more I got time for. Yeah, you know, for people who don't grow, you know, full time or, or, you know, commercially, it really takes up, you know, all of your time, basically, you know, cleaning and then doing the other daily tasks that, that come uh, with the different cycles uh, of the plants. So, you know, I, I remember when I shut down my grow for the first time, I was almost like, well, what do I do with all this free time? <laughs> like, I'm not used to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, this has been a really cool uh, opportunity to get to know you and, you know, learn more about the, the Oregon market and uh, what you're doing there. How can people follow uh, Portland High Standards or, or get in touch with you? Um, you know, do you have any social media handles? Yeah, Portland High Standards on Instagram or Portland High Standards on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I, I try and post. I mean, these days it's, it's a little bit more personal than business. Um, you know, just so many accounts are going down on Instagram. They just don't have much respect for our industry. You know, I, uh, I went back and deleted almost all of the flower pictures off of off of there for 2021. I had one get flagged, and they went back and deleted a whole bunch of other ones. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're on there, and you can reach me through there, email, e email me, or, or message me through either of those sites. Um, nice. Just not super current with flower pictures. Just as yeah, I don't want to lose the account with all of my followers, with, with you know, with all of those connections I got. So you know, this seems like there's almost too much to risk these days. But uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have a website up soon, and you'll be able to link through it to our Instagram to you know to keep up on uh, all, all all of the good things. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, we've been following you and, and we'll continue to do so. And, you know, it was really cool to, to meet you virtually here. And hopefully I get to, you know, meet you sometime uh, uh, my next time out in Oregon or if we're at a show together. So um, just wanted to you know, thank you for your time today yeah, on the Growing Revolution. Garrick, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you guys having me on.